0: You're listening to Strictly Business podcast with Lindsay Williams.
1: It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. Chilly and rainy Johannesburg, apparently. The the markets have been a little bit sunny recently, Wayne. But what I'm trying to get a grasp of is is this classic sort of big sell-off uh, bounce back not dead cat bounce but a bounce back and then we consolidate or go lower and retest the lows i don't know what is the feeling you're getting from the mood of the market
0: well look we we literally half the people you say you talk to say we've seen the bottom and the other half say no this is just a, a bear market really and it's happened every single time you know In previous bear markets, you get this retracement of up to, I call it 30% of the initial loss, which is roughly what we've had now. About one-third has been recouped, and then it goes back down and goes lower than the previous low. So there are many and many varied uh, responses, commentary, stories around this. And as is very typical in any bear market, You see comparisons between this bear market and 27 and 87 and 69 and all the other bear markets. You see the chart showing, oh, this has been far more severe and it's going to go further. But, you know, just judging from sentiment and everything and how it all works, shares are still at this level relatively cheap. You know, they, they still represent value. Our banks in that have been slaughtered, and they'll probably skip dividends for six months. You know, maybe not all the dividends, but there could be some dividends skipped for six months or so. But, you know, you're buying shares at historic, and admittedly it's historic, obviously, but you're buying shares at, you know, 19% dividend yields on our banks. And the dividend won't go back to where it was for a couple of years you know, you probably struggle to get back to historic dividend over two years, but that's fine if you buy it now in two years' time, you're getting 11% tax-free yield. You know, it, it's just, it shows phenomenal value. I've been doing a bit of study into these banks. Now, during the 2008 crisis, which was a banking crisis, admittedly our banks were okay, but they still went down with all the other banks and all the other shares worldwide, and um, Uh, Let's just take NetBank for an example. Yes. NetBank, at worst in 2008, was at a price to book. In other words, share price compared to the net asset value of the bank of 0.9. You know, two weeks ago at the bottom, they were sitting at 0.4. So they were a 60% discount to net asset value. Now, I mean, I've never seen banks trade at such a, a, a low price to book ratio. Then they say, oh, but, you know, you're going to get bad debts so we are going to swamp the system. And, I mean, you knows? we don't know the extent of this yet, and I'll come back to it. But in 2008, bad debts got to 2.5%. That was the worst, 2.5% of assets. That was the worst in 2008 crisis. Now, for the banks, for our banks to run into capital problems, that two and a half, 2.5% has got to go to 8 or 9% before they even have a capital issue. So in other words, it's got to be 200% higher than the worst we've ever seen before. And I just doubt that. I mean, I know we're going to head for massive, massive uh, bad debts. They are going to climb. They're currently at about 0.91%, but they're going to at least double. But as we've seen with the property shares, there's accommodation being made as long as you're in good standing. In other words, if you were up to date with your loan payments, but you hit or turnovers hit or you've got a problem with your business because of the COVID, they're not going to close you out. You know, I mean, quite a few of our banks have even said during this time period they're not going to repossess any homes because you haven't paid your, 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 your bond. And all the property companies are saying to their tenants, and of course this is a major, major fight going on between tenants and landlords. They're saying, listen, for the next two months, pay us thirty percent, pay us fifty percent. We'll, you can pay us the difference. You can pay us back over the next nine months with no interest, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because the tenants are saying, and, and the big chains, not just the mom and pop stores, the big chains are saying we can't trade are we paying the landlord's zero, nothing? Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's difficult because at bare minimum, even though you're not trading, I mean, just legally, although it's, it's, it's almost irrelevant, but legally, if you are closed because of a force majeure or a, 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 an uncontrollable act, in terms of the lease agreements, you still have got to pay. You can't say, well, I'm not trading, so therefore I'm not paying you.
1: So how do they get away with it yeah. then? I mean, I don't mind saying the companies. It started with TFG, the Fashima Group, and then it moved on to Pepcor, And I don't know if other people are yes, doing it. everyone. How do they get away with it? I mean, they must, they must have legal teams. I mean, I'm sure they could pay yeah, the rent. I'm sure they could team. pay the rent if they stopped paying their legal teams. Yeah. Look,
0: everyone's got a legal team and everyone says no. Look, there's... And I've delved, delved into this, and believe me, I'm not a legal es- e- e- expert. Mm. There's three clauses. Now, the one is an act of God. This is not an act of God. So both legal teams, landlords and tenants, say it's not an act of God. It's not an earthquake. Okay? Then they say, is it a force majeure? Now, a force majeure means an, uncont- an act that you had no control over. Right, then there's, and that's what the land the tenants are saying. it's a force majeure, so therefore legal legal agreements are suspended. Now the landlords, you've also paid the lawyers, same as the tenants have paid the lawyers, they say it's a third force, and for the life of me, I cannot remember its name. But in terms of this force, which is also an uncontrollable event, but not as severe as a force majeure, says you are liable, but, of course, you get two lawyers and give them the same thing and get two different opinions. Mm. But to, to cut a very long story short, yes. essentially it's just the starting point of the negotiation process mm. because at bare minimum, if you're not paying rent, you're storing, I'm a landlord, you're not paying me rent, but you're storing, you've got your whole shop full of stuff. Yeah. I'll at least charge you storage or else I can come and repossess what's in your store if you're not paying me rental.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, I've spoken to our friend David Shapiro about this and he was up in arms about it when it first came out And it was um, the, the first company that I mentioned I don't want to single them out So I won't say their name again, but he was up in arms. He said you've got the money You've got the money on the balance sheet. You've got the resources to do so Why should the yeah. landlord pay be- because of something that is as you quite rightly say a, a third force something beyond your control Not a force majeure, not an act of God, but a third force yeah. I, I don't know. It's a very complicated situation, Wayne. Everyone, everyone understands. The whole lot's taking a hit. at the, the landlords
0: fully understand. We, we, landlords cannot get the full rental because otherwise you will close down. One, you'll, you'll have to push into bankruptcy one-third of your client base, which is the mom-and-pop stores. They can't survive. You know, many of them just will not survive. And then the then the big the big tenants, the chain stores, you know, you've got to come to a compromise. So there will be a compromise and everyone will chip in 50%. So the the the, the landlords will say, Well, I'll forgive you 50%. And then the tenants will say, Well, okay, I'll pay you the 59, and I'll pay you the balance without interest over the next nine months or the next year, or whatever the case is. So this is just negotiating, it's standing your position, it's trying to make a legal argument. But property companies, if there's no rental for three months, there will be some serious casualties. If there's no rental for two months, the majority should survive even though income income effectively disappears if there's no rental for two months over a one year time period. That's I mean that is so rough, but it's a very good rule of time. So property property distributions are going to be non existent the next six months and maybe even non existent for the next year. But at current prices, if in three years' time the distributions get back to what they were before the virus, you can buy some property companies and some half decent property companies at an 18% yield Mm. in three years' time. I mean that is astonishing.
1: I think if you're a long term investor and you don't, uh, you you suddenly have a look at the JSC today, or maybe not today, but in two or three months' time when we revisit the lows, which I, uh, this is my personal view, I think we will revisit the lows because I was watching a chap called Krugman here, the famous economist. He said it's going to take 18 months for us to really digest what has gone on and for us to reassemble ourselves, if you see what I mean markets, economies, uh, social behavior, all that sort of stuff. Uh, So, I mean, I would be in no hurry. If I had some money, I wouldn't be any in any hurry to, to get into these things. But if in two, three, six months' time you ease your money into the market, I think in five years' time, property companies and mm-hmm. banks on the JSC, you'll be laughing. You'll have made a couple of hundred percent mm-hmm. probably.
0: Yeah, you probably... Look, I mean, it's hard to say how much, but you could double your money in banks in three to five years, yes, everything else being equal. But you must remember, stock markets work very differently to economies, Work very, work, work very differently to the way economists see the stock market I agree it's going to take the world's economy 18 months to 2 years to get to the same level of output Now, whether you measure output by GDP or by profits or whatever Mm. but it's going to take 18 months to 2 years for you to get back to the same level you were in December January over the whole world but the moment there's resolution on this virus Either there's a cure or the, the, the lock the lockdowns work or the when you can see at the end of it, you know, if there's a cure in the next month, the, the stock market won't worry about how long the economy takes to come. It will it will go through the roof very quickly. It's not going back to previous highs, no. but it it, it 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 can recoup the overwhelming majority of the loss. Very quickly because it can see profits in two years' time. It will see profits in one year's time. So that's the that's the whole key. But we could very easily test lows. And if that does happen and you've got a bit of spare cash lying around, then that's the time to buy. I think you can buy now as well mm. because you might sweat over the next two or three months. But even now, the stock market represents good value on a three to five year view.
1: Here's some. Here's a great example of what's happened over the, the last few weeks. I mean, let's say that somebody had been away and hadn't picked up his or her cell phone or watched television or listened to podcasts. Whatever, you could say to yourself, "Well, here's a share that's in the top forty index of the JSE Securities Exchange. The value traded today is one billion rand's worth. So it's not a small. It's not a small stock. It's not a penny stock. It's not even a mid-cap. It's a big stock. The, the stock price today." Uh, The high of the day was 83 rand and 97 cents. The low today was not 81.50, but 51.50. So you've had a range from high to low of 83.97 to 51.50. was up 15% on the opening uh, and for the first half hour of trading because I recorded it uh, with my opening uh, podcast. And it's now down from being up 15% to down 3%. This is the sort of thing that uh, disturbs me somewhat because I don't think anybody knows what on earth they're doing at the moment, Wayne. And I spoke to a chap from London, a very well-seasoned commentator. He says 80% of the trade that he's seeing at the moment is from, uh, from algos, algorithmic trading programs, not from normal investors. He says it's, it's a complete debacle what's happening right now.
0: Yeah, but look, that's always been the case. It was the case in, 80, in 2008, 2009, Algorithm, machine trading, covering shorts, index tracking. This this is all normal part of the market. It clearly accentuates movement. And I know exactly which year you're talking about, but it accentuates movements. And unfortunately, like it was the easiest thing in the world. It was it was easy money. And let's just name the company because it's settled.
1: 69 so it rand, was, yeah. It, it,
0: it was easy money. Uh, a while back, because Cecil traded literally, traded from 450 rand. Next stop was 26 <laughs> in the last year. Oh well, almost 500 rand, in fact. But yeah, from 400 rand, call it 450 rand to 26 rand in the last year, and specifically since January, so January it's gone from went from 300 to 26. So all the guys who were shorting things, just it was free round, you just shorted it and all of a sudden at 26 now it changes and it starts going up and you're burning you've got to cover your shorts and you've got to cover it quickly so that's why it goes up 50 percent in a day In fact, 53 percent in the day i think it was yesterday wasn't it the day before it was
1: day before yeah 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 outrageous never seen anything like it in my life quite quite extraordinary and they
0: have to close it in fact on the LSE, on the ADRs, American Depository Receipts of Sassol, they actually stopped trading because it was up 60% at one stage. Mm. Now, of course, tomorrow, and it will happen, because not because President Trump wants it to happen or he's bullying anyone or he's talking. They, the Saudi Arabia, I think, just had a momentary lapse of reason mm. or, they, or they properly wanted to punish Russia but they are cutting off their nose, their ears, their lips, despite their own face. I mean, the, petro- the oil price now is unsustainable for anyone, including Saudi Arabia. So there'll be a deal tomorrow, and they'll try somehow to save face uh, because they're not going to cut production if America doesn't do something or promise something or contribute something into the pot. But, of course, with, with, uh, with um, America, there's not one producer. You know, there's thousands of producers, but economics will drop their output. So we'll see 10 million barrels being pulled off the market tomorrow. Oil price can easily spike $5. And I think the market's anticipating that in Cecil. I, I, I honestly cannot see any other way that um, any other conclusion that these that, that the OPEC plus grouping can come to other than properly cutting production, you know, by an enormous amount
1: well i mean i think you're um, overestimating uh, the the reasoning between saudi arabia and and russia and the you know they're all, they're meeting tomorrow and i think g7 are getting involved as well i don't know what the story is but i don't think that even if they do come to a deal tomorrow when we come back on tuesday after the long weekend when i don't think it will have held because they, they, these people break their deals do you honestly think that a yeah. country that is run by two dictators i.e Mohammed bin salman and uh, on the other side vladimir putin do you honestly think that they're capable of honesty and and, and dignity it's not going to last whatever the deal is but everyone cheats on
0: the quota except Saudi Arabia and that's one of the reasons why they took this incredibly aggressive action but you know maybe that's just the way of the world Saudi Arabia being the biggest OPEC producer even OPEC plus producer look roughly speaking Russia, Saudi Arabia, and America produce the same amount of oil, roughly speaking. But yes. Saudi is the one that's got the capacity to put an extra 10 million barrels on or take 10 million barrels off. Russia, can't. they, they, they almost run at full capacity the whole time. And America, because it's purely capitalistic and not a cartel, runs at full capacity if they're making money. If they're not making money, They just automatically half the oil disappears because they're losing money. So we'll we'll see what happens. So maybe Saudi Arabia has just got to almost, you know, swallow their pride a little bit and just become what they've always been, the swing producer in OPEC, and knowing that everyone else cheats, but as long as they don't cheat too
1: much. Mm. So of thieves, uh, Wayne. What are we doing at the moment? Are we going into a long weekend. You're probably looking forward to it. You can do some tinkering. You well, can uh, the, the weather hopefully it's picks it's up and you can go swimming or something. Uh, but do, yeah. what do you want to do going into that long weekend? What is your idea? I mean, you don't like well, gold, even well, though it's sixteen uh, fifty up, um, up thirteen percent on the day. What are you up to at the moment? Yeah, look, maybe, maybe I'm
0: tainted by my. You know, most investment managers, they're overwhelming not ideology, their philosophy. That's correct. Their philosophy over time is heavily influenced by the phase of the market, uh, the phase that the market was in when they started their investment career. When I started my investment career, yes. it was a terrible asset. You didn't touch it with a barge ball. And I'm, I'm too biased against gold because of that particular phenomenon. But what we're doing is we buy. Okay. Not buying all we want to, we Being very cautious in going into the market, but we're buying and we're funding it from South African cash and money we're bringing back into rands from overseas. Rands undervalued at this price. Not saying it can't go to 20, eh? It could. Yes. It seems to be a bit better behaved today. What's it, 1830, somewhere around there?
1: 1820, I've got, but anyway, it's all over the place. So, yes, yes.
0: So, we're bringing some money back from overseas and using some South African cash and buying shares. Hmm.
1: Okay, in that case and you'll continue to do so into weakness and with the view that in 3 to 5 years' time you will be sitting back and saying, "Do you remember when I spoke to that chap Lindsay Williams on the on that podcast and I said I was buying, look at the dividends, look at the harvest that I've reaped from that buying that I initiated on that day." So you you're confident that yeah. that's going to be the case. We've seen
0: many many bear markets, we've seen many economic collapses before it's terrible at the time you think the world is coming to an end as we know it and we all the world survives, stock markets survive and three to five years later you're in a fully fledged bull market again
1: very good i look forward to that um, being able to say to you wayne we're back in a fully fledged bull market wayne mccurry is a portfolio manager at fmb wealth and investment